All right, hey everyone, another edition of Coffee with Craig and Kevin. Call it the Post Channel Partners Conference and Expo Edition. I am Executive Editor Craig Galbraith, and introduce yourself to the masses, Mr. Kevin Morris. Yes, uh, as Craig said, I'm Kevin Morris. I'm the Business Development Lead here at Channel Partners. So excited to be back from Las Vegas. Another record-breaking event, Craig, for us. Uh, How are you feeling there, buddy? I'm feeling good, except I came back with some massive allergies. Thinking we might need to change the name of this podcast to Coughing with Craig and Kevin. You know, Craig, I'm going to have to agree with you there because I'm dealing with the same thing. It started in Las Vegas, and then when I came back to my home here in Rockville, Maryland, it is definitely allergy season, and myself and the family are, are battling them as well as we can. Well, and I never got to even leave the desert going from Phoenix to Vegas and then back to Phoenix again. But uh, pretty soon, as the locals say, it'll be so hot here that we'll kill off all of those uh, allergies. Yeah, and our problem here is that when it gets really hot, it also gets really humid. So everything just lingers, uh, like the cranberries once said. (laughs) (laughs) So, Kevin, uh, you mentioned the success we had at the Channel Partners Conference and Expo. Why don't you not bore us with some numbers, but, uh, you know, hit us with just a few I think our audience would be interested in. First off, we had over 5,700 attendees and total participants, which is a record for our Channel Partners show. We did it here in our 20th anniversary. We had 275-plus exhibitors and sponsors on the show floor in the meeting rooms, sponsoring some of the signage and things that you saw throughout the show. Wow, winning. And then of those 275-plus over 85 of them were first-time exhibitors or sponsors to Channel Partners, and all those numbers were records. So it was definitely an exciting time. We took over Mandalay, part of the Luxor, it seems like. Definitely just a great time for, for all involved. I think I'm still recovering after we're almost two weeks out from that show. Most definitely, my friend, most definitely. So, Craig, while I was uh, in the expo hall the majority of the time, uh, helping out with all the goings on there, I heard there were some unbelievable keynotes and concurrent sessions going on throughout the show. Yeah, absolutely, Kevin. Uh, a couple of the highlights, you know, Verizon, Janet Shines, she seated a good portion of her keynote time to Jimmy Wayne, the country music artist, and he told a great story about uh, being brought up in foster care and all of the things he's doing now to help kids who are aging out of the foster system. So that was uh, really inspirational. I get a chance to uh, interview him on camera afterwards. That was pretty cool. And then the other highlight was probably Soon Yu, who talked about branding and how you can truly make your brand iconic, even if you're not the largest company in the world. And Craig, I heard there were three different levels or main attributes to an iconic brand. And, And I think you basically bring all of them to this podcast. Uh, One would be noticing power. Um, I would say not really because of your talent, but because you're so tall. Uh, Staying power. Staying power just because you don't move very much. You kind of just stick around and, and stay. And then last, scaling power. And on that one, I think it's because you just somehow managed to stay so skinny, even though I've seen you eat 15 different main courses in one meal, um, but yet you stay so skinny. So you're staying good on that scale for your scaling power. Uh, So way to go on that, hitting those three main attributes that Soon had brought up during his keynote. Very impressive. If I didn't know better, I'd say you actually prepared with that. But uh, I think you might have just come up with that off the uh, top of your head. I I actually kind of winged it. I heard about the quote. I liked it. I I hope it came off okay. The scaling power might have been a bit of a stretch, but uh, (laughs) it wasn't bad. I'll give you credit for that for sure. Uh, All right. As long as I have some staying power, I'm going to be okay with that. (laughs) 
<laughs> we hope so. We hope so. And we hope this podcast has some staying power too. But if we keep that up, it probably won't. <laughs> For sure. And, and it was a lot of fun being on stage with you and hosting the award ceremonies as well. And, and just getting to meet a lot of these people that I've worked with uh, either via email or over the phone. And then also learning about all the great things these partners are doing uh, throughout the United States and worldwide. The whole channel, uh, you know, the vendors, the partners alike are really helping these end user businesses succeed and, and making some big things happen. All right, Kevin. So a lot of fun talking about the past and the Channel Partners Conference and Expo, but unbelievably, we are now, what, five months away from Channel Partners Evolution, which is going to be happening September 25th through the 28th in Austin, Texas. I'm pretty excited about that one. How about you? It's just going to be a really great time. And as I understand it, we have another big announcement that we're going to make that goes along with the uh, Channel Partners Evolution Conference. You got that. We're going to have a brand new show co-located with Channel Partners Evolution. It's called SDXE or Software Defined Enterprise. And Kevin, you may have find this hard to believe, but we've already got a theme song associated with this show. Do we really, Craig? Does it play off of what I like to call SDXE for short, which is SDXE? SDXE. SDXE. So, Craig, as I understand it, we're going to be turning over the coffee shop uh, to our own editor-in-chief, uh, Lorna Gary, and two other intrepid individuals uh, to talk about SDXE and, and the synergies with Channel Partners Evolution. So, without further ado, I'm going to welcome Lorna Gary to the podcast. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Craig. I know we're happy to welcome two special guests. Uh, the first would be our colleague, Tammy Carter. She is the producer of our new SDXE event. SDXE stands for Software Defined Everything Enterprise. And that event will be co-located with the Channel Partners Evolution in Austin. We also have Russ White, who is probably familiar with some of the Channel Partners audience. He's done some reports for us, and he was a speaker at a previous event. Uh, right now, he is the LinkedIn's engineering team, and he was also, notably, about the first to sign on to the SDXC Technical Advisory Board. So welcome, Tammy and Russ. Thanks. To start, let's talk a little bit about Channel Partners Evolution. So September 25th to 28th in Austin, we're very excited about the site. And we're working closely with our Pens and Sister sites, MSP Mentor and Varguy especially, to expand the show um, to cover the entire partner ecosystem. Part of that is going to be our pre-cons. We're having three of them, one on ransomware, one that we're calling a peer-to-peer -peer, um, education summit, which was sort of the brainchild of our friend David DiCamillo at Platte River. And we're also having a mini hosting con, bringing the, the WAR and the hosting con uh, brand into Channel Partners Evolution. So that should be a lot of fun. Uh, for the main show, we're planning uh, tracks to help people become cloud service providers. And we're also having on the show floor an MSP pavilion. So clearly we're working to help our audience expand their businesses and expand their horizons. Um, we've signed on a couple of speakers from HP and VMware. And we also have some really fun events planned because it's Austin, right? We have to have fun. So um, one of the best um, things, I think, is that um, all Channel Partners Evolution attendees can experience the SDXC Expo Hall. They'll be able to cross through um, with one registration. We'll get them access to all of the exhibitors. So, Tim, you want to talk a bit about what's planned on that side? Yeah, for SDXC, we're really targeting what uh, Jim Ford from ADP, who's going to be speaking, is calling Digital Immigrants. And it's really a show about how enterprise IT has transformed. To get to that audience, we're, we're doing a full day of uh, pre-cons on September 25th with a security workshop 
and an essential DevOps workshop taught by Jane Grohl from the DevOps Institute. Um, it ties into uh, a, a certification program they have going there, so it's a really great opportunity. We're also going to have some deep dive workshops and panels during the conference sessions um, on September 26th, including one that Russ is going to be leading. It's called Cloud Means No More Appliances or Doesn't. And then a career panel uh, really focusing on what network engineers, enterprise IT folks need to do to keep current with the, uh, with the current landscape. And that's going to be moderated by Antonella Cornes from Cisco. Sounds great. So, Russ, what sort of attracted you to the show? I know we discussed it back at a Channel Partners Spring event at the Venetian. I believe we were sitting in the, the fake Venetian Square eating gelato at the time. That's right. We were at the fake gelatos, or not the fake gelato, it's real gelato at the fake square, right? Is that the right? That's the right. It's kind of weird. I think so. Anyway, yeah. So, um, yeah, I think the big thing for me is that I just think that the industry needs a new show. I mean, Austin, right? Awesome. All right. So, so, but really, I mean, I think that a lot of shows that are out there right now are so vendor focused and so tuned in to particular vendors. And I think the future for a lot of network engineering, at least a third of it, is going to be disaggregation. I think that the world is is falling apart, and that's a good thing in the long run. I know it doesn't seem like it right now to a lot of engineers and. There's a lot of people out there who are scared about it. And I think having a show like SDXE can help them get their hands around it and understand what the world is doing and where it's going from a vendor independent view, not from the view of a particular hardware person or a hardware vendor or software vendor or whatever, but from an engineer's perspective. I mean, where do I take my career in this mess? What do I actually do with myself to be ready for tomorrow? A lot of people are just going to say, learn to code. But I don't think that's a complete answer. I think that's a partial answer. So I'm kind of excited about SDXE, helping engineers to answer that question um, when they come in, look at the booths and talk to people and go to the sessions. And that's important also for the, the MSPs and the agents and the virus to understand how to deal with engineers of tomorrow and, and the customers. Right. Yeah. I mean, the technology of tomorrow is not the technology of today, right? Things are changing. So how do you build an MSP network is going to change over the next five to 10 years, what your network depends on. And again, just saying something like, oh, it's all going to the cloud. That's wonderful. But what does that actually mean? What does that actually do for you? And how's the cloud built? And when do I decide to build my own piece of the cloud? And those types of questions. I don't know that the industry is doing a very good job of answering those questions right now. We're just kind of wandering around in the dark. It'd be nice to have a show like this where we can actually talk about these things and think about what is it we're doing as an MSP? How do I build an MSP? What type of engineers do I hire? From an engineer, what does my career look like? From a provider or whoever, right? You're just thinking through these questions and these problems and where things go in the next four or five years. It's really important. I think a highlight of the event also will be we're going to hear from your colleague, Sean Zandi, about how you guys are building the LinkedIn network to handle really kind of crazy growth. Yeah, we're growing 25, 35% year over year. I think the official number is 25% year over year. So, yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy growth. And how do you build a network around that? And how do you think through the problem set that goes with that? But more than just the growth is LinkedIn is basically a, an MSP from a sense, right? Or a content service provider, CSP. So how do you actually plan around that in the same future? The same future question comes up even for LinkedIn and from a business perspective. So I think it's really, again, it's very interesting stuff. You know, it's not just a technology problem, but we have to really focus on the, the business reasons behind the technology change. And SDXC is going to do that. 
I should note that I am currently on site in lovely downtown Chicago for um, Cisco's Marketing Velocity event. And what Russ and Tammy have just said has tied in really well to the message that we're hearing today is that you know the network has to be tied into the business, has to be tied into security, and it's all going to be working toward the business's goals. So that's what we're hoping to accomplish at SJXE and, of course, Channel Partners Evolution. All right, Lorna, great events. I'm getting pretty psyched up. You've got some great guests you brought in today. We're going to catch up with you just a little bit later with an interview from Cisco Marketing Velocity as well. Kevin, you've got to be getting pumped after hearing all that. I'm extremely pumped, and I'm actually, I feel more intelligent now because usually I have to listen to your droll, Craig, and I actually listened to some smart folks for about five to ten minutes there, so so that was great. <laughs> You're killing me. You're killing me. <laughs> In all seriousness, Craig, you know, I, just learning more about this SDXE event that is, you know, going to be co-located with Channel Partners Evolution. It's evolution, baby. There's really a lot that is going to be going on in Austin, and it's good to see that uh, Channel Partners and, and our sister show are going to be taking over the city for those four days with the pre-conference on the 25th of September, running all the way through the expo, ending up in, on the 28th. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun out there. What do you think? Yeah, we're going to have a great crowd. It's going to be a good mix of different people. I am really looking forward to it. And I know more plans are going to come to fruition here over the next few months. So I'm excited to let folks know uh, what else is coming up. The audience should definitely stay tuned, and they all should stay tuned because, as Lorna just brought up, I understand she has an interview uh, from the Cisco show for us here. I'm here at Cisco Marketing Velocity with Wendy Barr, Senior Vice President of Cisco's Global Partner Organization. Wendy, thanks for taking the time to speak with Channel Partners. So, um, the value exchange concept, yes. I remember you talking about that at that summit. Um, so, it's been about a year, you know, 18 months. Mm -hmm. Can you share any success stories that you've seen? Absolutely. So when we started using that taxonomy, that vocabulary about value exchange, it just felt like everybody was now having the same conversation. So a perfect example for this event is um, the value that we offer because of the Engage platform. So all of the digital marketing assets and, and the collateral that Engage provides, um, partners have said to me, that they really appreciate that we do that differently than, than any other manufacturer. Um, so that's one example of a value exchange. The other would be Sales Connect. Um, mm -hmm. And I mentioned it on stage. This is our uh, repository that we use for videos and webinars and white papers and uh, the solution showcase, identification of ecosystem partners, identification of Cisco validated designs. And again, all of our sales teams use Sales Connect, whether it's on their desktop or on their mobile app, and we make everything 100% also available to our partner community. So um, that's another area where they, they see a lot of value because we're speaking the same language, we're using the same uh, information. So those are just two examples of, and we're constantly asking them, if we're giving you something and you don't find value in that, please let us know because the last thing we would want to do is keep investing there when we could be investing somewhere else. Right. And so that's all available to all your partners? All of our registered Registry partners. Any mm -hmm. registered partner. So the bridging concept, yes. right? <laughs> Two of you talked about that, right? So really the flip side of that is what you're turning corporate IT into is a, you know, a services provider mm -hmm. as opposed to what they have been. So why should partners be comfortable with that idea? Right, that that's a little bit of competition. Once internal IT knows how to do this, they stop being seen as a cost center. So why should they still help, and how? Yeah, 
How can they help? So it's interesting. I have heard that uh, hypothesis before, but um, what we've observed, and again, this is the benefit of having the Cisco sales force out there as well, is that the partners can play such a uniquely differentiated role because they can be that bridge. And what IT typically struggles with is they often have the perception inside their company of uh, Dr. No or the Department of No or we don't have the budget or we can't do it that fast. And uh, when the partner plays the role of being the bridge and they go over into the line of business, they speak that business outcome language, they don't talk about speeds and feeds, they talk about you know what are the most compelling issues that that line of business is trying to solve. And then they take that back and they do speak the language of IT. They've had a long-standing relationship, often their trusted advisor, very valued in that IT department. Mm-hmm. And we often find that IT has so much that they're trying to deal with right now, keeping up with security, trying to move at a more agile. Having that partner be that resource for them just actually drives their relationship to an even deeper level versus looking at it as, I don't need you, I can go on my own. I'm sure there are corner cases where some ID departments think that that is possible for them. But given the complexity of the landscape and how fast transformation is taking place, we just see it as the perfect place for the partner to really add value and and, and be that trusted advisor, both between IT and the line of business. Right, right. So the, um, the marketing side, how would you say the role of the partner's marketing pros has evolved in the past year, 18 months, and what are some of the new best practices that you'd recommend? Well, it's been really exciting since we launched the Engage platform to help our partners with the digital assets to watch so many of the partners really understand the impact a digital or social marketing strategy can have on their business. We highlighted uh, last year at Partner Summit in San Francisco, the Shore Group, who really embraced uh, the Engage assets and uh, took their business from what you would consider a more traditional marketing play to one that was absolutely focused on digital and social. And what's so amazing, and these are their own reported results, um, they believe they drove a 20% improvement in sales because they enacted so much of the, um, the tools and the capabilities that were introduced through Engage. So again, like always in a partnership, we can provide some of those assets but it takes the partner's vision and it takes their sort of um, prioritization to really bring that to life. But it doesn't have to be a huge partner. It it can be done even if you're a small partner um, with the way the assets are presented in the Engage platform. Right, cool. So, yeah, the profitability factor is huge, right? (laughs) So one way they're getting more profitability is this multi-solution, this partner, you know, Mm co-selling kind of thing. But, I mean, you know, right, based on digital outcomes, that they, they really are very concerned with that ownership of that com- of that customer relationship, right? So how does that, um, especially for smaller partners who are doing multi-partner deals, how is that squaring? Like, sure. how are you seeing that being worked out? Well, and this is where I talked a brief bit on stage about ACES, the Accelerating Cisco's Ecosystem Sales. This, mm-hmm. uh, the VP that I have, Denny Trevitt, this was his team's, uh, he and his team's brainchild. And what we were learning is in that multi-partner go-to-market motion, it was complex. And and it's not a motion that we all have a lot of muscle memory around because we're used to doing it kind of the way we've always done it. So the first version of ACES was to help to find the swim lanes for, in a multi-partner engagement, who does what. And that actually came together pretty quickly, both in facilitated workshops um, that partners invested in and also a lot of online resources. Then what we found next was 
when the solution was created and it's a, a, a traditional resale partner providing maybe the bulk and then a couple of ecosystem partners providing the application, that one big element that was missing in that whole go-to-market was how do you want to market it, right? Mm -hmm. How do you want to explain the business value? Each one of the players in a multi-partner ecosystem is going to see that value prop and that marketing a little differently, different. right? Yeah. Through, through sort of their lens. So what ACES 2.0 does is it again facilitates either via a workshop or online tools sort of a checklist on your solution. Have you done X, Y, and Z? And, and one of those checks is what is your marketing message? So I think again it's helping drive the conversation. Sometimes what we were learning is they'd get the solution about 70 or 80 percent done, they'd put it out and then they'd be disappointed because it wasn't actually creating the revenue that they had hoped for. And in retrospect, when we went back and did a post-mortem on some of those, we realized where they were missing in the, in the checklist of things before you have a successful launch. We've had a couple of our partners say that when they use ACES 2.0, they were able to get into market faster and be more effective with revenue up to nine months sooner mm -hmm. than they would have in the old model. And nine months of revenue is <laughs> it's pretty right. important. Yeah, I mean, and I think they have to see that because that's a high touch, high cost. Yeah. And that's, and, and again, having this sort of um, routine or, or this process that you go through that's asking the questions from a lot of different perspectives, whether it's technically ready, whether it's scalable, do we have our marketing plan in place, do we understand the compensation model, do we understand the branding, you know, because you have multiple players you have to figure out about your branding. So these are all things that the ACES 2.0 program really helps partners think about before they get out into the marketplace. Because once you're out into the marketplace, you want to make sure you hit on all of those. Right, right. So we're seeing a lot of partners um, who are VARs, who are agents, they're evolving, they want to become MSPs. How does their marketing need to evolve along with that to sure. really enable that the change? Well, we're very supportive of uh, VARs who want to create a recurring revenue stream via a managed service. Because again, we're seeing that our most profitable partners are um, those that have more than 40% of their Cisco practice and recurring revenue. So we have a lot of opportunity through WebEx and through Spark or even through Meraki um, for partners to pick up a, a recurring revenue or a managed service practice. We also have a lot of assets in our Cisco-powered service provider, Cisco-powered cloud. It does take an investment from a partner, though. They need to understand that a managed service is going to mean you know, a billing engine and in some cases a provisioning engine. Uh, but we have a lot of tools and assets that we can help them through that. Our services team um, has some collateral and some steps to success that will help them create a recurring revenue practice as well. Um, we highly encourage it for partners that really have that kind of opportunity, and I think most do. But it, it's very different than land, you know, a land transaction. It's right. much more in that LAR model of land, adopt, expand, and then renew. And then renew, right. Well, Craig, that pretty much wraps it up for this podcast. Several great guests, a couple good insults thrown back and forth as usual between you and I. Again, we just want to thank everybody that came out to Las Vegas two weeks ago. It was really phenomenal seeing everybody, and we couldn't do any of this without you, uh, the exhibitors, sponsors, as well as the attendees. So just thank you again so much, and uh, we look forward to uh, keeping in touch with you on this podcast throughout. 
What do you have to say for us there, Craig? I think we should remember that September 25th through the 28th in Austin, Texas, that's the place to be for Channel Partners Evolution, co-located with our new show, SDXE, Software Defined Everything Enterprise. SIDXE. And don't forget, as always, you can find our podcast on iTunes. Just search Channel Partners Online. You're going to find a whole archive full of coffee with Craig and Kevin's. Yeah, definitely. Please listen, uh, whether you're doing nothing or doing something. It's a great listen while you're mowing the lawn, uh, please, because right now we're still stuck in that staying power phase. And we really want to get to the scaling power so then I can get more sleep at night. So uh, thanks again, everyone, for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Too sexy for your party. Too sexy for your party. The way you